You're listening to Along the Narrow Way, a podcast that walks you through books of the Bible verse by verse to help you dig into God's Word so you can walk along the narrow way with Christ more faithfully. Hosted by Pastor Will Russell and co-hosted by Jimmy Miller. Join them as they help us understand the Bible so we can walk more faithfully as disciples of Jesus. Of course, our host with the Most Holy Ghost, he's off doing a camp. So it's just us tonight. This will be kind of a brief lesson and stuff over chapter 12. Brother Will, when he gets back next week, wants to recap on it a little further and go a little further in depth we can. He will if he wants to, if God leads him to. Uh, But anyway, let's just open up in prayer and we'll get started and we'll see where the Lord takes us tonight and see what happens. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time to be able to come and share your word and we pray that your will be done tonight and we pray for all the church camps going on, super summer, cold springs, where Brother Will is tonight and I just pray wherever he's at, I can't remember the camp's name, but I pray that you just be with him and all those campers and Father, I just pray for the youth tonight and all the kids back there in Glow and praying for upcoming VBS that your will be done there. And right now, Lord, just I pray for the God and power of your Holy Spirit to be on us right here. Help us rightly divide your word of truth. And may you be glorified. It's in Jesus Christ's name when we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul's vision and his thorn. So, it, you know, you know we, we've been going through all the, the last few weeks we've been going through uh, Paul defending his ministry and all the things he's had to go through with the Corinth church and the, and the false teachers and everything. And now he, and he's boasting about, he's having to still continue on giving, a, giving an excuse for why he's an apostle to these people. And, it, and, he, and he's, it's foolishness to him, but he's, he's boasting of these things because he's, he's just going to prove it to them and stuff, you know, that, you know, God has called him to do this and God has called the gospel to be preached in all the world and 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 God calls for obedience and structure in his church and Paul's going to hold him to it. And uh but tonight we're going to get into his vision and his thorn and we'll just kind of go over a few things there. I I have some thoughts on that and everything of what that thorn may be and I will kind of give I'll kind of give my opinion on that, I guess. <laughs> but I prayed a lot about it. We'll see what the Lord does with it. So anyway, let's start in verse 1, chapter 12. I must go on boasting, though there is nothing to be gained by it. I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool. For I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may thank me more no, so no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness." 
Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Verse 11. I have been a fool. You forced me to it. For I ought to have been commended by you. For I was not at all inferior to these super apostles, even though I am nothing. The signs of a true apostle were performed among you with utmost patience, with signs and wonders and mighty works. For in, it were, for in what were you less favored than the rest of the churches, except that I myself did not burden you? Forgive me for this wrong. Therefore, for the third time, I am ready to come to you, and I will not be a burden, for I seek not what is yours but you. For children are not obligated to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. If I, if I love you more, I am to be loved less. But granting that I myself didn't, did not burden you, I was crafty, you say, and got the better of you by deceit. Did I take advantage of you through any of those whom I sent to you? I urged Titus to go and sent the brother with him. Did Titus take advantage of you? Did we not act in the same spirit? Did we not take the same steps? Have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? It is in the sight of God that we have been speaking in Christ. And all for your upbuilding, beloved. For I fear that perhaps when I come, I pray. For I fear that perhaps when I come, I may find you not as I wish. That you may find me not as you wish. That perhaps there may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. I fear that when I come again, my God may humble me before you, and I may have to mourn over many of those who sinned early and have not repented of the impurity, sexual immorality, and sensuality that they have practiced. So there's a lot in this chapter. I mean, I mean, Paul's going, going through it, you know. And I, I'm just going to kind of focus on the thorn, I guess. I'm just really going to just kind of focus on the thorn and kind of recap everything that we've been talking about and just kind of just kind of just see what this is. You know, many have wondered what the thorn in Paul's flesh was. You know, and I'm not totally sure, you know, what it was for sure. But, you know, after these weeks that I've spent in 2 Corinthians, I guess really more like a month, we've been in there for, we've been in, well, a little over a month for a while. We've been in 2 Corinthians for a while. You know, I think it's more of a series of events and physical ailments that's the thorn in the flesh for Paul. You know, he's, he's going through, he's having to deal with these false teachers. You know, first of all, it starts with, you know, he's coming to the church. He finds, finds them going through conflict. You know, he, 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 he's, he's seeing all these false teachers in there, teaching them impure things and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And we, we see right there in chapter 12, verses 19 through 20, See right there. He says, I, have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? It is in the sight of God that we have been speaking in Christ. And all for your upbuilding, beloved. For I fear that perhaps when I come, I may find you not as I wish, and that you may find me not as you wish. That perhaps there may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. You see, Paul's dealing with these things right here within the church. 
And it's causing him to have a great deal of anxiety. And, 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 it's, and, it, and I think, you know, through all the things that he went through, you know, if we go back up here into verse 24, he says, Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toll and hardship through many a sleepless night and hunger and thirst often without food and cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is my daily, there is the daily, daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. And we don't, it's not just Corinth. It's all the churches that he's ministered. But he's dealing with Corinth right here. This is a church that Paul founded and helped start and everything like that. So he's really burdened. And, I, you know, he's, founded, he's helped found all these churches that you, that you hear about that he goes to. Or he's spent a great deal of time with these. So he, he, and and he's, he's just absolutely overcome with divine love for these people in, in, in this church. And he wants to see them in the, following in the obedience and the walk of, in the light of Christ. He wants them to be in that obedience and, 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 and not be drawn away by the worldly pleasures and the sensuality and not be caught up in all the gossip and all the things that, that the world will try to tear at the church and stuff. But the world has crept in here and he's having to deal with it and he's coming to it. You know, you know Paul suffers anxiety over, over all the church, not just Corinth, which suggests that there was other issues and false teachers that were going throughout all the churches, not just Corinth. You know, it, you know Satan, he, he waged a major war on the church in the form of persecution and stuff when, when the early church first started and everything like that. As you read through the history of the church, I mean, we won't get into it too deep tonight because it's a lot, you will see that over time, through many emperors and rulers, there was always, Satan was always trying to tear away at God's church, and 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 always make, and always trying to t uh, uh, make people's testimony. He's trying to trying to get them caught up in the worldliness of things, so the testimony of the church would be rent. And 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 then Paul, even even individuals are coming and attack about if they're even authentic or not. You know, Satan's trying to lay all this deceit out in these churches and stuff like that. And and Paul's having to deal with this on the front line of it all. And that's his thorn. You know, dealing with all this anxiety, all this pressure, all these physical ailments from being through all these 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 travels and missionary journeys where there was all kinds of things just tearing and coming at him. But what I what's amazing about Paul is that his love, his love for God and his love for his neighbor stays intact. He never wavers from that. He never, you know, he, he says that he pleads with the Lord three times that, he, that it takes away, that he, uh, you know, that it goes away from him. But he never prays for the love to go away. Yeah, these, we, these hardships, these anxieties, there's times that it gets you down. And that's why we got to be in prayer. And that's where Paul was. He was in prayer with God when he, when he had his visions, his revelations. He was in prayer with God when he went through all these hardships and anxieties. And dealing with this church, it took a lot of prayer 
to get to battle Satan. He had to put on the full armor of God and he had to strap it up and get ready and go. And he didn't and he had to keep going and he had to stay steady and persistent and he had to keep his mind and his heart focused on God. And the only way he did that was in fervent prayer. Let's see. Where was I? That's what got him through it. You know, God's grace. And and, why, and and he discovered God's grace and that God's grace would get him through all his weaknesses and would even show the power of God through all his weaknesses by God's grace. Because he says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And that's a beautiful thing. That's the thing that we can all take from this. We're going to come, when, we, when, you, when you start your Christian walk and God gives you a mission, and it, it, it's going to cause you, you're going to get a little nervous. You're going to be like, whoa, I don't know if I should be doing that or not. But that's why you get stay in prayer. You've got to be in prayer to make sure that's, what's, what's, what's gotta, that, that's what God wants you to do. Because you don't want to be like these false teachers. You don't want to be preaching falsehood. You don't want to be uh, forcing things that are contrary to God's word. You want to be in prayer. You want to stay in God's word so that when all these things start coming against you, all the anxieties, all the flaming darts of the evil one when they creep in and try to come against you and try to hurt your brothers and sisters in Christ you can see it and your love for them will grow and you, and, and, you know and, you, and, and even in this you'll deal with your own weaknesses and out of it you'll become strong you know it says for verse 10 for the sake of Christ then I am content with weaknesses insults hardships persecutions and calamities for when I am weak then I am strong See, Christ will strengthen us through all these. When we go through all these things, we don't need to look at it as a curse. But maybe God's growing our faith and stuff like that. And, 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 and then also he's wanting to change hearts and, change the, and, and, and have us preach the gospel through, through all these things. When people see us being overcomers as Paul was, an overcomer through all these things, when people see that, they they want what we have. They see that God is real. That it, it's not just you know. A lot of people think that we shouldn't have to, that when you come to know Jesus that you're not going to go through life. That life's not going to happen to you. Now life's still going to happen around you. It happened to Jesus. It happened to all the apostles. It's happened to every disciple who's ever been since then and ever will be until Christ comes back. We're going to have to go through these insults. These we're going to have to go through and deal with these impurities and we're going to have to deal with the sexual immorality and the sensuality but we don't need to get caught up in the practices of it we need to be practicing the love the prayer and 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 the word of god that's what we need to be practicing prayer every every day and in practicing the word of god and then we can deal with all these issues that you hear that Paul's having to deal with because these really, everything that Paul's dealing with is just issues that we've all had to deal with in life at some point. All of us have had to deal with the daily pressures of life. All of us have had to be exposed to certain things in life and, 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 and it's gotten us off track and stuff like that and everything like that. But Paul's just here to tell you that in those weaknesses, if you'll seek God's grace, you can be made strong. And that's what it is. And, and, and that's the thorn. The flesh is the thorn that Paul's dealing with. He's seen all these revelations. He's seen 
Christ himself on the road to Damascus. Of course he wanted to be there. He, he would rather, he, he wanted to be with Christ. He wanted to be, he wanted to be in heaven, but it was better for him to stay here. And he realized that to go through all this for the sake and love of Christ because Christ laid down his life for him. And Paul realized how much Christ suffered and how much Christ had to deal with for him. So Paul was willing to, to live and grow in that same kind of love and have that same kind of love for all the churches and stuff like that. And that's what I think is so wonderful about Paul. He is, the, he is a, a disciple that takes on the image of Christ, his heart, and, you know, and, and I think other than, you know, I think God would say that Paul is a man after his own heart, you know, just like he did David. David was zealful for God, and sometimes he'd mess up, but he'd always be in prayer with God and come back to God. You know, Paul was messing up. He was real zealous, but God got a hold of him and changed his heart. And never did Paul ever waver from God. He never got away from him. After that, I mean, he wrote all, almost all of the New Testament. He founded many churches and helped many ministries to become what they are today. Because if it wasn't for Paul, we wouldn't have the ministry here at Bernal Baptist Church. And we wouldn't have any ministries anywhere. You wouldn't have no VBS. You wouldn't have no missionaries, international or locally. It wouldn't even be thought of if it wasn't for disciples and missionaries like Paul going throughout all the world, dealing with these daily pressures in the churches and, in the, and, in, and, the, and with those around them, dealing with their own weaknesses, but they did it with prayer through God's Word, never on their own, all by the power of God. You know, you know Paul says right here, here for the third time, in verse 14, here for the third time I'm ready to come to you, and I will not be a burden, for I seek not what's, what is yours, but you. For this, is very, this, is, this statement right here is very important. For children are not obligated to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. And I don't think that's just talking about money and finances. I think that's talking about, I mean, yes, we should, we should, we should make a, a home for our families and our children and prepare for their future and help them have a start. But we can. But the best way we can start doing that is invest in their spiritual future, their spiritual well-being. The day we learn that we're going to be a parent is the day that we start investing in our child's life to, before they're even out of the womb. We need to be investing in prayer, praying over that child. If you if you think that you're going to have children or 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 be in some kind of teaching. Thing. You need to be in prayer of what you're going to do because these will be your children. Whoever you teach in life, whoever you influence in life, those are your children. That God, the children that God's placed in your care. It doesn't always have to come from your womb. It doesn't always have to be your blood. But God has placed people in your lives to care, that you need to care for. People in your circle. And Paul had people in his circle. He had a large circle. And it kept growing. But he would dealt with each and every one of them with the love of God. But he was firm, but he did it with the love of God. And he boasted, but he boasted in the love of God. He boasted. He never took the focus off of God. 
He put the focus on God and His love and His grace and His mercy and how God can perfect you through all these weaknesses and hardships and get you through them and then cleanse you of all these things. You see, Paul mourned over many of those who sinned early and he mourned over those who didn't repent. We need to be doing that. We need to be in mourning for those who have not repent and be in prayer for them that they may repent and be cleansed from all impurities. You know, that's the biggest message tonight is that the flesh can be a big thorn. But if we deal with it with prayer and we deal with it in the love of God, then he'll get us through these weaknesses. He'll get us through these anxieties. He'll get us through these times when people will question our faith and question our character. But if we find ourselves in God's word, we find ourselves following God. At the end of it, nobody will be question, questioning you. They will, be, they will fall silent. Let's go on to verse. Let's go into chapter thirteen and just go ahead and finish Second Corinthians out, and uh, and we'll see what we'll see what God says from there, because that's pretty much all I got on chapter twelve, and really chapter thirteen is just the final warnings. So here we go. This is the third time I'm coming to you. Every change must be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. I warn those who sinned before and all others, and I warn them now while absent, as I did when present on my second visit, that if I come again, I will not spare them. Since you, ha- since you seek proof that Christ is speaking in me, he is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. For he was crucified in weakness, but lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but in dealing with you, we will live with him by the power of God. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize that this, that, realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you fail to meet the test. And what is that test? That you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. If you find yourself wanting in that or struggling in that, it's time to be in prayer. It's time to test yourself in the light of God's word and see where you stand in God's word. Verse 6, I hope you will find out that we have not failed the test, but we pray to God that you may not, that you may not do wrong. Not that we may appear to have met the test, but that you may do what is right, though we may seem to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak and you are strong. Your restoration is what we pray for. That's what we need to be praying for all the churches, restoration. And praying for ourselves, restoration with God. For this reason I write these things, verse 10, for these reasons I write these things while I am away from you, that when I come, I may not have to be severe in my use of, of the authority that the Lord has given me for building up and not for tearing down. See, we have to understand that Paul was not trying to tear down the church. He wasn't trying to be mean to them. He was trying to tell them how serious sin was and how serious God takes sin. 
And we need to be loving our brothers and sisters and even loving the lost enough to tell them how serious sin is and how serious God deals with sin because he deals with it very seriously. Finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. See, we have to, we have to agree. We have to rejoice with one another. We have to aim for restoration. We have to comfort one another. We need to agree with one another. Do we agree about everything? No. But we need to agree about who Jesus is. We need to agree with one another about who he is and live in the peace and love of God. And the God of love will be with us when we do that. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All these saints greet you. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That's what's important. That we abide in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Abide in the love. Abide in the comfort. Abide in the peace. Abide in prayer. And abide in the obedience of God. Abide in God. That's where we have our fellowship. That's where the Holy Spirit is. That's where he's, he's with us, in us and through us, when we have fellowship with God. Apart from that, we have no fellowship with God if we have no fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Anyway, that's what it is tonight, folks. Fellowship. Grace. God will make you Perfect through all the weaknesses if you seek His grace in fervent prayer. Knowing that His grace is always sufficient to meet every need and to get us through all the hardships and anxieties of life. He will get us through that. And ultimately, He'll come back and we won't have to deal when sin is cast away. I say sin is dealt with very severely. Sin will be thrown into the lake of fire. The devil will be gone. There will be no more sin, no more temptation of sin when Christ comes back. And we won't have to deal with all these immoralities anymore, all these insults and persecutions and hardships because they will be burnt up in the lake of fire because that's where they need to be because they have been judged long ago Sin's been judged. And where do you find yourself in that judgment? Do you find yourself in the grace of God in that judgment? Or do you find yourself separated with no fellowship? Ever to suffer away from being burnt up in your own sin. It'll burn you up. It'll melt you away. It'll kill you. God's judgment for sin is severe, but His grace is sufficient if we seek it. And that's all I really got to say about tonight. Seek His grace while the time is here because the time is short. He is coming back. 
And it will not always be there for you. When that, when he called, when that final trumpet sounds, it'll be done. There will be no more excuses because the gospel will, be, will, have, will have been preached. Everybody will have heard it. And there will be no excuse not to live in the grace of God at that point. Anyway, I pray everybody finds the grace of God. Dear Lord, I thank you for this night, and I thank you for allowing us to study your word. And may we seek your grace, Father, knowing that by your grace, that is sufficient to get us through all this life, to get us through all these sins, Lord, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Your grace is sufficient. And I pray people will see that in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus Christ's name I humbly pray. Amen. You have been listening to Along the Narrow Way, hosted by Pastor Will Russell and co-hosted by Jimmy Miller. If you haven't done so, subscribe to the podcast so you can get updates on new episodes. Thank you for listening, and remember to stay faithful to walk along the narrow way with Jesus.